0: Good afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. Arlen Suderman is joining us today from FC Stone as we look at the markets. I had a little bit of optimism, Arlen, this morning when I saw the overnight trade and there was green on the screen. And obviously it didn't last long. We saw the red at the close, but not as bad as it's been the last couple of days.
1: Yeah, and uh, we did get a little bit of that buying coming back, and, um, but yet the selling came back and we pushed lower. We did come off of those lows in most of the markets. Some optimism came coming uh, mid late morning when the White House said that they had received fresh communications from China saying that uh, they uh, were coming to make a trade deal. And so that was encouraging. It's uh, still negative. I, I think the grain and oilseed markets overall are really kind of pricing in a worst-case scenario. Uh, you could say that it's skepticism that there will be a deal, or you could say it's skepticism that it will matter. Um, it also includes their outlook for the coming year. They're seeing a Midwest that has plenty of moisture and rain makes grain. So expectations that we're going to uh, have ample supplies for the next year and a a trade deal, if we get it, isn't going to make much difference. That's what I mean when I say I think the market's pricing in a worst case scenario. Uh, I guess the positive of that, if you're a producer is, is kind of the thinking, well, if there are going to be any surprises, I guess that improves my odds that surprises would be to the upside. Uh, obviously producers would like to see some of those surprises play out and get us some better prices. Corn has probably performed the best, coming off of its lows. Soybeans, what buying we've seen has merely been consolidation near the lows, while corn has actually tried to come back. And if we look at December corn, you know we had to sell off on Monday on the, on the Trump tweets, but uh, December corn, uh, well, I guess it came down at right at the close, but really it traded today within four or five cents of. uh of last Friday's close and then settled a little bit below that.
0: Now, I saw earlier um, a statement that came from the President in regards to iron, steel, aluminum, and copper um, with Iran. Do you see that playing into our markets in the next couple of days just because it's another sanction on another country?
1: Um, That feeds into the broader money flow issue of global economy slows down because of trade tensions and conflicts, so therefore sell the commodity sector. And uh, the fact that the equities are higher today, um, I think is a positive, that's not necessarily spilling over into the grains, but that impacts money flow sentiment longer term, that there's some sense that we're going to be able to survive some of these trade conflicts. Um, but, uh, all of this kind of plays into this. What's our trade environment globally? It needs to be positive in order for global economic growth, in order to have, a movement of commodities, demand for commodities. And, and so that's where the uncertainty lies and one reason the grains are hurting right now.
0: Well, we do have a big report coming up on Friday with the WASDI report. What are your thoughts on the, the preliminaries leading into it?
1: Well, the trade is basically expecting USDA to confirm ample stocks coming into the next year. Uh, you know, roughly 2.1 billion bushel corn carryover for 2019-2020. That's a marketing year for corn and soybeans that doesn't even start till September one of this year, and then follows through to. August 31 of 2020, Uh, soybeans, uh, the trade is expecting stocks of over 900 million bushels. I would argue it's much higher than that because of the demand destruction taking place in China. Uh, Wheat stocks staying above a billion bushels or, or thereabouts. So the trade is expecting ample moisture, good yields, sluggish demand, and overall it's just more of the same. I think the trade is short-sighted in that. I am more bearish than the trade on the soybeans. I am more optimistic on the corn, wheat is in between. I think that over the coming week to 10 days, we're going to see a lot change that perception. That may be the crop report on Friday, it may be trade deal with China, it may be prevent plant expectations and lower yield expectations in the Midwest. A lot of things could potentially happen over the next 10 days to change those dynamics.
0: Could we see more pressure coming from the Crop Progress Report next Monday?
1: Perhaps upward pressure. Okay. Um, we're, not, we're not getting much done this week. Uh, if you look at the Midwest as a whole, especially the eastern Midwest, and um, in, in you look at what a lot of market observers are doing, saying, well, we've got areas that are going seven days without rain. But out of that seven days without rain, five of them were farmers sitting and waiting for the ground to dry. And so that means when the ground dries, they only have a day and a half maybe at the most to really get in and try to get some fertilizer on or do some field preparation. And so they're still not getting crop planted and then the rains come back again. Um, So, you know, I I was just on the phone talking to uh, someone well-connected in the uh, illinois farming situation and saying we may be up you know we were 10 percent planted as a state last um this week next week we may be um we may be 12 percent that's for the state of illinois you know where most of the crop ought to be in the ground by now that is impacting yields now
0: A lot of weight coming when it comes to this weather as well as, you know, you talk about the the wetness. I saw one producer post that it was so great to get rain because he was worried about his puddles becoming dehydrated.
1: (laughs) Well, I guess that's the attitude to take. And really, I think the discouragement today is the midday is the models showing a much wetter 11 to 15 day outlook.
0: Not what we want to deal with. Stick around, folks. We do have more coming up in the second half. And no surprise, we're going to talk some African swine fever as well. You are listening to the Fontenelle Final Bell right here on the Rural Radio Network. Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield as Arlen Suderman joins us from FC Stone. We were just talking about this over the break. You know, we were joking going into the break, Arlen, that, you know, fields, some, you know, we happy to see some moisture joking because their puddles were dehydrating. But a lot of guys I know that have corn in the fields are worried about soil temperatures. They're worried about lack of sun. And you brought up a really good point over the break of how much of that's going to have to be a replant.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And this uh, contact I talked to in Illinois said that uh, really we could see 35% of the corn that's planted in Illinois have to be replanted. And uh, that's true across to the Midwest. Uh, it's certainly a problem.
0: Looking at the livestock side, let's start out with African swine fever. I know that's not to me, South, South Africa had a new announcement of the African swine fever
1: yeah it's back in africa uh this isn't the first report of it in south africa but we're getting more reports meaning it's spreading uh it's just becoming more of a global problem right now we already know it's in some of the wild boar population in europe as well as in russia and that's probably how it ended up getting in china in the first place we certainly want to keep it out of uh the americas um we don't need it here but it's it's high risk and i know our government is doing everything they can to try to make sure they keep it you know you need a bumper music ahead of this segment each week the african swine fever update susan and have some bumper music in there so everyone knows turn up the radio
0: exactly now as you look at this i mean there was that meeting that took place last week um in canada as they prepare and and learn from what's happened overseas what are you seeing is there continued talk about um the effects that it's having on our hog and our soybean market
1: well, I, I think most people are still underestimating its impact. Uh, we're at forty percent reduction in hog feeding. We have seen uh, one major uh, a pharmaceutical company rep in their earnings report or earnings call said that, that his contact said it could be as high as fifty percent. I I wouldn't be surprised at that. We're not ready to go there based on conversations with our two contacts. Um, another source we talked to inside of China said 30 35%. I'm very comfortable with our 40%. Um, we're seeing that drop in soybean demand. I think most in the industry, when they put together their estimates for Friday's WASDI report, are expecting U.S. soybean exports to remain strong over the coming year. And I see nothing to indicate that as a case. And that's why anyone who sees our estimates for Friday... Uh, We're probably going to be much higher than even USDA because I don't think USDA is, if you look at the USDA attache reports, um, the USDA attache in China is is reporting a far less serious situation regarding African swine fever than what we're getting on the ground from our people on the ground. So I think USDA is going to have a higher demand estimate there for soybeans Uh, so this is a a big surprise coming it's just going to be the gift that keeps on giving in a negative way and going to be a real problem for soybeans not so for corn Um, i I think corn has the potential for some significant upside surprises Uh, demand in in china for corn remains steady we're seeing firm basis holding there Um, the, the demand is holding up ethanol production is rising Food waste in hog rations is being replaced by corn. We're seeing corn demand in the rest of the world increasing as well, and livestock production in the rest of the world increasing in order to fill the need for exporting meat to China. Um, so it's a story that develops over time, but we still see it moving in that direction. Um but uh African swine fever is one of the big unknowns that I think most in the trade are underestimating.
0: Well it amazes me that we haven't gotten that numbness feeling as of yet, per se, to this continued saga of African swine fever.
1: We're we're encountering a lot of people in the industry and I'm talking the food industry now who are saying, Oh, that's just another disease. That's like so many other diseases we had. It'll it'll be gone in a few months and and uh, not really seeing it as a big issue. And uh, so when we start laying out for them what the situation really is, it's an eye-opener, and uh, they, they take back, oh, maybe we need to change our strategies.
0: As we look at the cattle market, is there a lack of support maybe building in the long term for this market?
1: I think here, again, it's a market failing to understand the long-term implications of African swine fever. And it's a realization that that demand, we're probably not going to see significant pork shipment probably until September and later. Because right now, China is using those reserves that they have. Um, And so, therefore, we're not seeing the higher pork prices at the retail level, so to speak. So, therefore, we're not seeing the consumer shift to beef and poultry that we expect to see down the road. And so, therefore, we're not we're in a seasonal period of weakness now. We saw the sharp collapse because it's money, momentum traders that are pushing things too far in both directions. Uh, and so the cattle market's having to just deal with that right now. Cash trade on the exchange was actually rather encouraging today at 123.
0: A good way to kind of hit the downhill slide of the week.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: What is the best way for folks to get a hold of you, Arlen.
1: INTLFCstone.com or over on Twitter at twitter.com slash Arlen, A R L A N, F is in Frank, F is in Frank, 101.
0: Thanks so much. That is the Fontenelle Final Bell being brought to you by Fontenelle and all the local dealers on the Rural Radio Network.
1: Thank you, Susan, for the Fontenelle Final Bell. You can catch a recap of the Fontenelle Final Bell. Listen closely to what Arlen has to say. Maybe you want to show somebody at the coffee shop tomorrow morning what Arlen had to say. Visit that at krvn.com on the podcast page. We post up that as a podcast every single day for you to take a recap of what the Fontenelle Final Bell had to say. Coming up, a check of Fox Business and Weather. It's 2.32.